0: whenever you're ready all right well since it's the happy hour hangout time i guess i should finish this bottle of soco
1: (laughs) (laughs) well done oh man
2: that's how you you kick off happy hour right there
1: Uh, that's awesome hey when
0: you live with chronic pain every hour should be happy hour
1: there you go
2: there you go that's fair that's fair fair. um yeah so this is the the happy hour hangout podcast i am uh your co-host steven accompanied as always by my other co-host uh travis travis what's uh Happy Labor Day to you, man.
1: Yeah, you too, man. I'm uh, looking forward to this episode. This is going to be a, a fun one. Um, and uh, looking forward to sharing a couple of drinks, fellas.
2: Yeah, uh, and we are accompanied today uh, by Eric Hudson. Eric, how are you?
0: I am better than I deserve. How are you, fellas?
2: <laughs> I could not, have, could not have said that better myself. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go into the very unique, very inspiring story uh, of Eric, uh, who is an... Um, an artist, uh, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, you are actually a number of other things. Um, but we're definitely going to kind of talk about your artwork and, um, you know, you overcoming a lot of obstacles to be able to do, uh, not only just your artwork, but phenomenal artwork. I mean, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the things that you draw uh, and create. Um, I'm, 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 I'm the nerd of the two, two hosts here. So, you're, you're going to hear a lot from me. Uh, you and I could probably do a podcast that's five hours long um, if we truly wanted to talk about a lot of that stuff. Um, but we're going to go ahead and jump into the, the taste tests. And so I, I know that Travis has kind of talked about uh, the taste tests and how they work. We're going to go ahead and let him kind of kick things off here. Um, and then we'll let you go next. Okay, Eric? All right. I'm, uh, I'm drinking a uh, logboat
1: uh, brewing company from our friends over in Columbia Missouri uh, shiphead it's a uh, um, American wheat uh, it's pretty good beer it's got um, a pretty strong lemon and uh, ginger taste coming through which is uh, pretty interesting but I've uh, kind of enjoyed them today I've had uh, I think this is number four so it's been uh, been a fun barbecue day and uh, good beer to to sip on so um, great, great beer. I've done Logboat before, again, out of Columbia University of Missouri's home. And, um, they are only shipped here in Missouri, which is a fun fact for, for them. So if you find, oh, your, wow, find yourself wanting to, to try this, you have to be with inside the, uh, the state board of Missouri here, but uh, great, great beer. And, uh, um, really enjoying the trying to branch out. I've, I've done, uh, and going on number, uh, 35, 36 IPAs. So, uh, trying to get outside of the, uh,
2: IPA window here. So, uh, fan, fan of this one. Yeah. Eric, Eric, he, uh, he does nothing but drink, drink IPAs or he tries very hard to drink nothing but IPAs. Really? I'm a little <laughs> bit more, uh, diverse when it comes to my selections. Um, but yeah, he's, yeah, we've done what? 35 episodes and you've done every single yeah. one of IPAs with the exception of maybe two. And I yeah. think that was... <laughs>
1: I was kind of forced into having something other than an IPA recently because we, uh, we did an episode. <laughs> I don't know if I lost track of time or what it was, <laughs> but Steve's like, hey, we're going to record here in a couple hours. I'm like, well, I got my kids and uh, we're going to have to go with a, something off the liquor cart because I can't get to the store. So, <laughs> so well, that happens, man.
2: What are you going to do? <laughs> All right, Eric, you're up, buddy.
0: Yeah, well, I've got uh, I've got some uh, four hour old Coca Cola, and I've polished off the rest of the bottle of SoCo uh, Southern yes. Comfort for that. Um, I feel I feel bad because we have a really good brewery here called Outwater, and I should have got a uh, I'm sure I should have got one of their IPAs uh, for this, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it's really well known around here. But if, I'm a long grain alcohol type person. Usually, it's clear, but. Uh, my wife and I finally dis- discovered uh, an Auburn-colored thing that we both enjoy. Um, uh, sometimes I'll get to the point where I don't even care if this is gasoline or whatever, but uh, <laughs> you know th- this stuff is smooth enough to uh, to go with more sensitive palates. So
2: <laughs> Southern Comfort, Travis. <laughs> what was the last time you had Southern Comfort?
1: It's it's been a little bit. I uh, didn't we I went through a kick uh, there in college. Wasn't that with uh, Dr. Pepper? Was it yeah, Dr. So-co.
0: Pepper? Oh, that's Steve. so good together. SoCo, yeah, Dr. Pepper, and,
2: uh, and Lime, if you had access to <laughs> Limes. But SoCo <laughs> yes. and Dr. Pepper
0: was definitely
2: the <laughs> – we were broke college students, so we never splurged <laughs> on the Lime
0: part. <laughs> I mean, when, when I was in college, I lived off of frozen waffles and vodka. Yep. That was pretty much my <laughs> diet.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. I think that was the last time that I actually did have SoCo myself too, was back in college. Sometimes it's just, you gotta, you gotta move on and find different things. Um, So I actually am breaking tradition here and I am actually going to have to use uh, a beer that I've already taste tested before. Uh, So I,
1: I knew I was going to beat you, Steve. I just (laughs) knew in my soul, I was going to make it longer without having to repeat it.
2: Well, this has been a very, uh, um, God, Action packed holiday weekend, and um, I quite honestly did not even have time to go to the grocery store. Um, you know, I, I did a bunch of grown up things, like I, I bought it, I bought a new sectional and got that installed in the house. Uh, there you go, it threw a surprise birthday party for my wife, uh, and then did a bunch of family time uh, nice. on her side way out outside of St. Louis. It's like an hour and a half outside of St. Louis. Um, and so I legitimately just got back. And so I look at my fridge and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do a smorgasbord. So to kick things off, I've been drinking the Budweiser Nitro Golds uh, that I reviewed about a month ago. Um, I've got, I've got a bolt, bull- these Boulevard pale ales that I'll probably drink as we go further into the show. Uh, and just for good measure, just in case our conversation really gets good. Uh, I've just got one Coors Light here, ready to go. <laughs> so, <no. laughs> I'm, I'm going all over the place. So, no, so you, no you got a couple
0: of you... beers and you got some water for just yeah. in
2: case. Yeah. yeah, Just in case. Yeah, I got to say, I got to say hydrating because I got to do some work after this. So the, the Coors Light is where that's going to come in from. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. how my taste test is going to go on there. So uh, cheers to you guys. Cheers to the audience listening at home. Let's yeah. uh, cheers. Cheers. pick this off oh trav you should try this nitro gold it's pretty great really yeah all right so let's kick into uh what we're here for which is uh the the chance to talk to eric um so you have a very cool unique story um a story that requires a lot of of um kind of overcoming uh physical obstacles to create Mm -hmm. a very uh very uh, successful career that you've made for yourself as an artist but what i want to do first before we kind of get into that is just kind of do a general introduction of yourself you know talk about where you're from um you know because a lot of the people that are going to listen to this are going to be kind of in the missouri illinois area um nice so talk a little bit about that, that yourself give yourself to kind of that introduction to everybody and then we'll kind of go into more of your backstory
0: sounds good well my name is eric hodson and uh i'm a comic book artist um wrestling fan artist, a bunch of other dilly-dally things. I originally grew up a poor, fat farm kid from Missouri. Um, if you guys know where El Dorado Springs is, it's basically the armpit of the state.
2: Yeah, I, do, uh, I grew up
0: sense. on a 300-acre cattle farm there for the first, well, at least until I finished high school, and then uh, moved to the uh, Indiana area where my dad's family resided, lived there for about a year, then came up here to uh, the Motor City to go to art college, uh, studied uh, computer animation, illustration, should have done other things like uh, industrial design because that's really big up here. But, uh, you know, followed my passions. And uh, somehow or another along the way, I got married and got into a nice little niche where I was doing comic book illustration and doing a lot of wrestling art. Uh, I like, I'll take like uh, classic comic book covers and and put wrestling scenarios into them. And it just became this huge awesome thing, and I've gotten to travel the country going to Comic Cons, you know, back when we had those. And, uh, you know, and, and was a guest at various wrestling shows. I've met tons of huge wrestlers and other Hollywood celebs, and it's just, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a privileged life. I'm very blessed and very thankful for it. I've been able to, uh, to do the things that I need to do um, and help support my family, even though, you know, I, I'm, I'm limited, especially my mobility while i was in college i started blacking out and having these weird problems with my hands freezing up and getting sores and it became this thing called scleroderma which is a autoimmune disease i had to relearn how to draw and uh just really every day of my life is uh necessity the mother of an invention and just uh, trying to overcome that because for whatever reason i cannot drop this idea of becoming this superstar comic artist and Making millions of dollars off my own IP and and so forth. So uh, that's pretty much uh, pretty much how I direct my life.
1: That's awesome. Um, and not necessarily the autoimmune part, but the uh, just the overcoming. Uh, you know, everything kind of stacked against. And I, I, you had messaged me what the, the what, what you had. Um, and so I, of course, looked it up. And I, uh, the first thing that popped up is is the hands. And mm-hmm. I thought, man, how is he drawing these? These, yeah, how the that's just it's, – it's incredibly fascinating to me, and kudos to you, man. It's a story of overcoming uh, all sorts of adversity to, uh, to create just some, some cool things. I, uh, I wanted to revisit this Eldorado Springs because I hadn't heard of it. So you're on – this was on the other side of uh, the state a little bit. Yep. Now, is this – would you call this an Ozark town, or is this a – what's this, Table Rock down here? What, what, what lake is this thing – Cedar, Cedar County,
0: Stockton, Missouri, Stockton Lake. Yeah. There was a big reservoir that they dammed up and flooded. Okay. And yeah, about forty miles from Fort Scott, Kansas, hundred miles south of Kansas City.
1: Yep. Okay. Kansas City
0: has the best barbecue in the nation.
1: <laughs> I would. Uh, I agree, and that's uh, that's coming from a St. Louis guy. And uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a Kansas City rivalry thing that goes back and forth. Yep. But I would, Steve. What, what's your take on the barbecue? Uh, I'm actually Kansas a Memphis City guy. St.
2: Louis I'm a Memphis
1: guy. Oh, Memphis. okay. Okay. All right. Memphis is good. Yeah. All right.
0: So one cool. of the things in my travels around the country is I love regional food. I always make it a point to go to local store, local shops, eat locally, mm-hmm. and try to hit regional barbecue as much as possible. So for my favorite mm-hmm. is the Smokin' Pig on the Florida-Georgia line in Valdosta, Georgia. That's my number one. And then Arthur Bryant's mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Man, I can't. I can't visit Kansas City without yeah. stuffing my face full of a tray of meat from there.
2: I will say though that I actually I think Kansas City That's... barbecue sauce is probably is above and beyond the top. Um, but yeah, that I, I'm a Memphis guy. <laughs>
1: so so take us back i want to revisit this thing in college so when this when this all started coming about what what was that like were you just starting college were you almost graduated what what paint that picture a little bit i was in in my second i was in
0: my sophomore year of college and the first instance of it was i was riding the elevator and i looked down at my hands and my hands were purple And and i and i'm not talking like a kind of a a bluish tint. i mean like this is like a Pantone purple color, uh, and it just freaked me out. It looked like I dipped my my hands in grape juice or something, and it didn't mm-hmm. feel any different. But the discolorization just really freaked me out. And after after a little while, it, it went back to the regular color. But after that, I noticed that every time I would like open up the freezer door, or you know, it's Michigan, so it's cold as hell all the time here. We only get two months of summer. Uh, and uh, I would catch any sort of a a draft and my hands would either turn white or they would turn purple Mm. and they would start to get really cold and then I'd start to see some sores develop on my fingertips. This is called Renaud's phenomenon and it is an associative illness that comes along with lupus, MS, and scleroderma. In my case, it happened before any other symptoms. So, the limited doctor visits I could do at the time, the guys were, well, yeah, you got rheumods, but I have no idea why. And it wasn't until about six or seven months after I graduated college that I started to notice my joints stiffening up. And uh, I, I remember looking at my thumb and, oh, that doesn't bend anymore. That's weird, <laughs> you know. But I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a broke ass twenty something college grad, no job uh and uh so i, I didn't get any health care benefits uh so i went out on a limb i found the one i found the one job that would give me the benefits at a minimum 20 hours of working which was starbucks and i worked that just for the benefits so i could find a, a regular care physician and get a proper diagnosis and sure enough within a couple of years he had me a couple of years of that time period he had me diagnosed with scleroderma i've been with the same doctor ever since and it's just been. It's been an interesting ride, you know. I've met lots of wonderful people that I would not have met without being part of that community. I've been a guest speaker at times, spoke in front of doctors, you know. we do these events where you're helping to educate future doctors about autoimmune mm-hmm. diseases and stuff. So it's 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 one of those things where it's like it opened up doors. I didn't necessarily want them to be opened, but you know, God didn't have, didn't give me a choice. You know, it was like, here, mm-hmm. this is your new life. I remember one time because I'm, you know, being an artist, having these problems. I had sores on my fingers, like these are gangrenous sores. What happens is basically? The tissue liquefies, starts to die. It feels like you're stabbing yourself in the with a needle in the nerve ending whenever you would just touch something. And um, so it was driving me insane. And I remember screaming out to God, "Please don't take my hands. That's all I got." Well, it took my hands, and I'm a better artist now than I've ever been. Um, And it's just, you know, it's another way of sharing my faith as well, because it's a testimony that, you know, life is, you know, one of my favorite quotes from uh, diamond Dallas page. I do DDP yoga. Um, He uh, says life is 90% or it's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And Mm -hmm. so I'm very much a uh, a keen on, you know, like I got my master's in education. So I was doing student teaching for a little while and I would, figure out ways to teach certain subjects with my condition, I was teaching these high schoolers uh, pottery. And so I, I taught myself how to roll clay with my wrists. And then I, you know, you'd know, you have these like punk 16 year old kids, I don't know how to do this. Like, <laughs> hey, look at me. I figured it out. You know, they, they didn't have an excuse not to give it a try at least.
2: So how long did it, like the, the amount of time from when you first started seeing symptoms to when you were actually able to
0: get a diagnosis, how long did that take? It was about two and a half to three years, which is kind of the average. Because scleroderma, it's like this ultimate tag team battle where a bunch of different illnesses kind of get together and it's like, hey, let's try to kill this guy. Uh, and uh, so it can look like a lot of other things. It can look like Lyme disease. It can look like uh, lupus, um, MS. Uh, just a whole bunch of other other things, and it really takes a, the right doctor seeing the right types of things. And now there's like a gene that they can test for it too, um, but this was way before we even we knew that. And so it, it really you just had to look for the right type of symptoms lining up. It's Like, okay, this could possibly be this. And you know, with me where I was at, I didn't get any of this cutting edge the cutting edge stuff. I didn't see any specialists. And I just got to a point where I plateaued and I was able to live with it. And for the most part, I don't take drugs. I don't take any lots of medications and stuff. I do keto friendly diet. I do vegan stuff. I do, uh, uh, you know, I try to live live a healthy healthy lifestyle because our, our bodies are made to repair some of this stuff, but we keep poisoning them with sugar and, and, and all this other stuff. So I've kind of expunged all of that. And I've seen a lot of great benefit through my health that way. So I try to do natural stuff before going the pharmaceutical route.
2: So So you almost had to, you almost had to have or use time to be able to essentially figure out ultimately what the the diagnosis was. They, that's, that's wild to me. I mean, the fact that, that they would just have to say based off of what you just described was you're just going to, you have to wait and see how this unfolds for us to really figure out what it is that is going on inside your body. And that's, it's a wild, it's a wild ride. I was lucky enough. The uncertainty a, has got to be maddening sometimes. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And I was lucky enough to have a physician who had seen and heard of scleroderma before, and one of the reasons why I do did the um, the type of outreach that I do, where we would visit and talk to doctors graduating, is to get them to know that this exists because that's that's the that's the number one thing. It's like if, if a doctor doesn't, you know, it might be in one of their textbooks, it might be a chapter they covered one day, mm-hmm. but if it's not something that they're familiar with and see then it's least likely to be diagnosed. You know, like it goes other things. And like a lot of people who die from scleroderma, they're, they're diagnosed with deaths of heart disease or other organ failure because of scleroderma. But the diagnosis isn't, of death isn't scleroderma. It's the, you know, the organ failure or the heart disease mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: So earlier you mentioned uh, chronic pain <clears throat> overlying just as a general consensus. So I know your, your, your hands are definitely a part of that. Yeah. Does it affect every joint in your yep. body?
0: Yep. Every single, it, yeah, every single every thing. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Pretty wow. much my body is a useless wreck from the neck down. It's, uh, mm-hmm. again, it can be very frustrating. I'm going through an, another bout of it now, which I think is brought on by this whole COVID lockdown craziness where, you know, I'm not doing mm-hmm. conventions. I'm not moving around. So my body's yeah. taking this opportunity to try to seize up some more. Mm-hmm. One of the odd things when my, di- when my disease was first coming on and I didn't know what was going on with me is I would wake up. And my arm wouldn't work or my leg wouldn't work. I'd need crutches to get around all day. And a couple of days of that, and then it would just go away and be fine. You know, and it, it, there's this weird onset period where the body is just like, I don't, I, I still don't understand what was going on, but it was literally I'd wake up and like, oh, my arm's broke today. Oh, man, it's fine tomorrow. And I'm starting to notice some of that now during this time period, like with my arms and range of motion, they're tightening up. So that's one of the reasons why I do the DDP yoga. That's one of the reasons why I I keep a healthy lifestyle, drink lots of water, try to combat this. Because one of the biggest problems I did not do early on was I did not exercise and flex my hands when the initial onset was coming out. And I was spending all day drawing. So like my hands, my right hand's frozen in the optimal area of holding a pen. Mm -hmm. I've got no no, uh, fine motor skills anymore but I can still use my shoulder and I can still hold the damn thing. Uh, You know, and just knowing my, knowing my personality, I'd duct tape it to my hands if I had to, Mm -hmm. but you know, it just seized up. I have no idea what this hand was doing. It's mind of its own. It's, Mm -hmm. there's no rhyme or reason why it froze up like this.
2: (laughs) So is it just like a, and and I'm just in this, this kind of feeling, I feel like this is a silly question, but I just wanted to ask it anyway. Is it just like a constant ache Essentially, or is it kind of like uh, almost a, a, a sharp pain that, that hits you whenever you have kind of these, these flare ups is the wrong word, but you know what I'm trying to ask.
0: It's it's, it's honestly just a little bit of both. I mean, uh, you guys both like it, like you're a little bit burly. You've worked out before, right? Yeah. So just imagine yeah. pushing yourself and then waking up the next day and be like, oh, okay. I don't mm-hmm. have to do anything to feel that good.
2: So. And yes, we are wide dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's uh, that's a nice way of putting it. I appreciate
0: I was, that. Uh, I, was three, I was 300 pounds in high school, and during the onset of scleroderma, I got down to 175.
1: Wow. How quick
2: did that take to drop that?
0: That was within a year and a half. Wow.
2: Wow. And that was just because you were trying to combat this thing, right?
0: Pretty much. Like, my body was going through so many different changes. I couldn't eat food very well. Like, I had to take... Mm-hmm. I had a doctor give me these um, awful tasting pills for digestive aid. If
2: mm-hmm. I didn't
0: take those before I ate any meal with protein, it would just sit in my esophagus and I would just throw it up. Oh, so I became oh, yeah. a professional vomiter for a while. Yeah. And uh, that's what contributed to the rapid weight loss is I couldn't keep anything. My family thought I was bulimic, wanted to send me to a psychiatrist or something. I was like, This is like, no, this is like a, a symptom of this bizarre illness that I have. Hmm. So I'd have to take these pills in order to digest food regularly during this onset period.
1: Wow, that's an incredible story, man i uh, i want to I want to jump into the, uh, the the artwork in particular. What when did you start thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be an artist? This is this is the direction I want to take my life. Uh, when did that happen? Yeah, uh, t- talk to us a little bit about that.
0: Well, I grew up a I grew up a farm kid, and some of my earliest drawings were tractors, where it was just a giant circle, a square, and another circle. So I've been drawing ever since <laughs> I was a kid, and it didn't didn't help things when my dad gave me his comic book collection because then I just fell into comic books, and it was just like, this is all I care about. You know, that's like, I would study Bob Layton and how he rendered things, and I'd be drawing during high school and, and you know, grade school. I'd just be drawing. In the sixth grade. I was making coloring sheets, photocopying, and selling to my friends until my teacher shut me down. Like, for some reason, being an entrepreneur in middle school. Small business owner, I love it. it's, it's, it's It's wrong to do that in school, apparently. I don't... Was this communist China?
2: <laughs> they wanted you to wait for the fundraisers there. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. I was also reading at a college age level. And because one of my dirtbag friends decided to underline some swear words in the novel I was reading in sixth grade, she took that away too. I think she was just a terrible teacher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so were you? have you always been a, a wrestling fan? Or when did that oh, yeah. you pick up the wrestling? Yeah. 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 That's like one yeah. of the
0: few things my dad and I could connect on. We'd go... Uh-huh. Rent vhs tapes of the SummerSlam and wrestlemania and watch those yeah. together and i don't i always thought of those live action comic books and that's part of the reason why my art came about is i was like wrestling's live action comic books what if we had like serious like k level comic book art you know of the characters you know it's, whenever companies have tried to do comic books about wrestling they always make them autobiographical Mm -hmm. I want to see like superhero level stories about these characters I think that's what the fans would enjoy more is like some sort of extra KFAB level and so that's kind of what I try to bring and that's why I think the 60s and 70s Marvel and DC art lends itself so well to wrestling because it's that over-the-top flamboyancy of the action going on and that that's really kind of what kicked off that whole that whole connection there. But yeah, I've. Bret Hart was my favorite as a kid. I always wanted to get the glasses put on me, you know, at ringside. And uh, of course, when Ultimate Warrior came on the scene, I was really, really big into him and uh, uh, was supposed to meet him before he died. And then he he, he passed away. You know, the, the con he was supposed to be at was like the month after he passed away. So that was kind of a sad story. And I never got to meet Roddy Piper either, but through doing this doing this artwork and getting noticed by people the right people i got the opportunity to do a licensed roddy piper comic book that we're just about ready to get get done and send to the presses and it's exactly what i wanted to do it's KFab. it's roddy piper the kilted avenger so it's basically him has himself doing a batman style character uh fighting this like alien evil crime syndicate called the stable and uh, the, the main bad guy is trying to turn the world into his obedient heels you know so there's, a, there's just like so much of the the vocabulary and the the, the bric-a-brac about wrestling into it and, and it's done in such a way that's like a like a like a classic comic book story and i can't wait for people to get it in their hands and start reading it
1: that's awesome
2: yeah let's let's actually jump into your website a little bit your, sure. your, your business a little bit because <clears throat> So the way that what you just kind of described talking about the 60s and 70s era of Marvel and DC, um, I'm assuming that um, a lot of the wrestling artwork you do that are comic book covers are kind of exact replicas of those 60s and 70s and 80s yep. uh, era Marvel and DC uh, comic book covers, right? Correct. Um, I, ironically, so I was looking through this before we got started. Uh, actually, a lot of these... I actually could point out and say which actual comic it came from um, because I actually have a lot of them hung up on my wall. Oh, uh, nice, nice. Yeah. So I, I've gotten a lot of different like artwork and stuff of, of old style, you know, like Captain America's Spider-Man stores, you name it on, on my wall. And actually a lot of them came from, or are, are some of the exact ones here. Only years that I have had wrestlers on it. The one in particular was the legendary Mick Foley mankind no more.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So I've got that on, on my wall for the, the Spider-Man edition. So essentially you uh, have created a, a website that does these uh, wrestling, uh, you know, comic book variant covers as I like to call them. You do quite a bit of uh, anime, um, mm-hmm. Uh, photos of different anime shows that are currently on TV um, you even do like a lot of just kind of raw sketch almost kind of looks like they're almost water based if I'm if I'm not mistaken um, or at least just kind of how they look um, and then you actually did your own uh, webtoon which is yep. called the dreaded dinosaur man correct?
0: Correct that's my uh, my my baby there my IP it's going to be action figures movies Netflix show I mean that's what I hope <laughs>
2: Very, very cool. Well, I definitely want to jump into that a little bit uh, a little bit later. Um, but talk to me a little bit about kind of the the, the overall of kind of how this how this goes. What's the what's the day in life like for you in regards to just this 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 business? Are you just kind of drawing things that come to your mind that day, and then you kind of sell them on this website? Uh, or do you people kind of come to you and have you know they say you know i would really love to have you draw this and then you kind of create from there what take us in a, in a, in a day in a life uh for you
0: well uh, prior to the lockdown situation when we had comic cons <laughs> normally if there was going to be a guest star doing a signing there i would tailor a piece of art for that guest star and that's kind of how i started out doing this the bret hart one which was a uh, uh, cover swipe of Amazing Spider-Man 129, first appearance of the Punisher. Punisher, Hitman, guns. I mean, it was just a natural connection. So that was the first one that kicked it off. And so that's kind of like I would, what I would do. And also if there was like a, an anime voice actor, I'd make sure and do some anime pieces for them. I'm a huge weeb, by the way. I know, I know this tough exterior doesn't really communicate that, but uh, <laughs> uh, we, we consume many hours of anime programming. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of like how it would go with the Comic-Cons is you want to make sure that the audience that's there, there's artwork that they're going to be wanting because there's stars there doing signings. And that's kind of how it would tailor. Now, post-COVID, I'm very fortunate that I've made really good arrangements with a lot of heavy hitters in the autograph signing industry. One of my biggest clients is High Spots. Um, They do a lot of like ring merch. Uh, They'll make like turnbuckles and stuff for uh, places, but they also do autograph signings, and so what they've been doing throughout this whole thing is they've been doing these really great Facebook signing opportunities. They're uh, virtual gimmick tables, and so they'll commission me to do a piece for a specific signer coming in. I'm going to be working on a um, tomorrow. I'll be starting a, uh, a Dr. Britt Baker piece, which I can't wait to get into for uh, an AEW signing for the for through them coming up, um, and I just you know, and I and I've done a lot of the older guys too. Uh, I finished up a new uh, Road Warrior piece. Uh, I finished up, um, I say the last one. I bought, uh, Scott Steiner piece, which was really popular. Oh, nice. um, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the um, the he Masters of the Universe wrestling figures at Walmart, where they take a wrestler and it's in the style of the uh, Masters of the Universe figures.
2: Uh, I believe so. I believe I, I did.
0: I did the Jake the Snake Roberts for a recent signing last week for him, and it went off really well, according to. Uh, according to the guys in high spots. And I, you know, it was basically, cause they did this gray, scale, gray, gray skull version of a ring for the guys and then all of their gimmicks kind of look like Masters of the Universe type gimmicks. So Jake the Snake comes with this giant snake that wraps around him. And so I, that's what I kind of did. And I did it in that style. And that was a big fun piece to do. Cause it, you know, two of the things I really love Masters of the Universe and, and having wrestling, I love those figures. So so that's kind of how my day is now. It's like, I haven't drawn an anime piece in a long time because I don't have anybody asking for it. So that's just, if I have some extra time, I might do an anime or a Marvel comics piece or you know something else from my childhood. But right now it's like, you know, I treat this, this is my day job. I'm in the studio, I have my own studio set up here. I come in here and I try to work at least a six to eight hour a day. The wrestling pieces will take anywhere from 10 to 15 hours depending on how complex they are. My biggest thing is I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to take a break. So I'll get up and be like all stiff and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that for six hours. But uh, no, that's, that's pretty much how my day goes. And then I try to fill it with other things. I've got two comic books that I'm doing the inking on, a Darren McCarty autobiographical comic written by the same guy who did the Roddy Piper comic. Um, mm-hmm. That's a 150 page <clears throat> graphic novel about his life story, his, his biography basically. And then I'm doing a book called uh, God's Hand, where I'm the anchor on that one, which is a Louisiana um, uh, superhero type mythology tale written by a guy who's uh, a friend of mine. So so I, I kind of like juggle my time. And if, if I get too sore in the studio, I can go to the iPad and lay on my bed if I need to. So I'll do a lot of stuff there on the iPad and just kind of switch it up so I don't freeze up into any one position. And then when the wife comes home, I make her dinner and uh, chill out. So that's, it's kind of, it's, it's basically a job here.
2: That's so unique too, because what, what makes this whole thing so just interesting and, and unique, I'm kind of being repetitive with the words here, is the fact that you, you just talked about doing, we're just talking specifically the wrestling pieces. Um, it takes anywhere from 10 to 15 hours to complete. You try to work six eight hours a day, but you have to take your condition, your you know, scleroderma yep. into effect where you have to, um, you know, get up and, and actually try to move from time to time because, because otherwise your joints get kind of locked up. You start yep. feeling a lot you know more pain and things like that. So you have to battle all these different things just to be able to complete these works of art. And yet you've still been able to, you know, complete quite a few. Cause I mean, you know, and we'll share this, uh, this website with, you know, with our socials, but I mean, you, just on the wrestling ones, you've got, you know, rows and rows of ones that you mm. have completed that take 10 to 15 hours to complete and that's just on the wrestling artwork. I mean, you do so many others that are involved. Um, I just think that's incredible.
0: It's one of those things. that's kind of for non-artists, and this is just something that I, I generally have seen in in doing conventions and talking to people. Is people don't really ex- really get that this is a job for for us as professionals. They they tend to think of it in terms of well, you like it. You could just do it, right? You know. Yeah. So like if, if the the layman off the street you know was like, "Oh, could you do this really cool custom piece for me uh, once they hear the price tag, they're like, "Oh, I thought it would just be you know something for fun you know like I don't, I don't come to your place of work and tell you to work for free just because you enjoy it, right? I mean, I don't understand the disconnect there, you know. It's, but, it, you know, it is what it is. I guess maybe that's because they come from a mindset where kids are doing it for fun and it's just something for fun and it's not a serious mm-hmm. job. But if people weren't paid to do this, your car wouldn't look as nice as it does. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, you know, the design on your ball cap wouldn't look as nice as it mm-hmm. does, you know the illustrators, designers are are in the manufacturing process in every every industry. So at some point, somebody's getting paid to draw something before it gets built, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless if it's pretty artwork that goes as decorative or if it's a functional piece. And I don't know, I guess maybe the general public is just not aware of that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. What, uh, the the comic conventions, now, were you going, I know St. Louis would have one, so were you going to every major one in, like, every city, or was it pretty selective as far as which ones you would attend?
0: I tried to be selective at first, but I got to the point where I really needed to, uh, you know, try to spread my net as wide as possible, so I was Mm -hmm. doing, at the peak, about 30 shows a year, Okay. so that's at least three weekends a month that I'm not home. And it was, it was hard on my kid and it's hard on my wife, but it, you know, it's one of those things. It's like you sacrifice to, to do right. what you can do. And this was the only way that I was able to you know, bring in the rent money and, and whatnot. And uh, thankfully, opportunities popped up during the lockdown because otherwise I, would have been, I don't know where the money would be coming from right now. And I'm just so thankful for people like High Spots and some of the other guys who over the years of doing shows, they love what I do and they know, you know, I've got copycats now. Whenever you're doing something, I guess I forget what the slogan is because I'm partially drunk. But like if you if you do something really, really well, you're going to get people copying you.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I got three or four copycats, but you know, people come to me because you know, why would you get a McDonald's hamburger when you can get a steak at a steakhouse? Because I do it right. I make sure that it respects the wrestler, it respects the character. Some people will just slap this stuff together. Half the time it doesn't even look like them. I mean, I a large portion of that of that time that I use like is research and I will comb through video on the you know on the WWE network or on YouTube and try to find those facial expressions because so, if I want somebody going like this you know if I want Cody yeah. Rhodes doing this it better yeah. look like Cody Rhodes doing this not like some stiff static face doing this you know you got to right. put you got to put that effort into it and I think that's that's the level that I that I that I bring that I think is why people keep coming back to me and why I can start to uh, be more picky and choosy about some of these jobs that, that, that I take on. And like, and again, I just want to say, Hey, if you guys out there love wrestling, go to high spots, go to their Facebook page, buy the stuff that they have signed and put it up on your wall. You're going to, you're not going to be disappointed. It's all top-notch stuff.
2: Yeah, that's How a, have you been able to, um, how have you been able to handle traveling as much as, as you do for that with like the, the effects that it does on your body? What, what is that like for you?
0: Well, I get really good seats on Southwest Airlines That's <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fair enough. And, and really good
0: parking. Like one, one of my best uh, travel buddy friends, he's like, dude, you can park in the front because I got a handicap placard. So I'll take that with me for the rental car. And he's like, you're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends, you know, we, you know, I've got some of the best friends in the world that I don't see anymore because we're not traveling together. And they, you know, they all know my condition, and they're right there to pick up bags if need to, help me out if I need to. So I've been very blessed again with having really good relationships with people, and uh, been able to to maneuver these shows. But you know, again, it's like that was the only place I was getting exercise for the longest time was these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the weird things about my hands, uh, the way that they're frozen up, I won't drop anything as long as I'm holding on to it, no matter how heavy it is and because of the like the collagen freezes up around the Uh joints, so they basically become like concrete so you know i might have like i've got these girly small wrists but i'm strong enough to lift a 90 pound box of paper and i'm never going to drop it because my fingers will not give no matter and it's it's actually dangerous for me to try to, to to do this too much because my fingers will not give so uh-huh. if they do give, it's going to break. It's not going to be like, oh, I can yeah, just it's drop it safely. This yeah, yeah. is going to break.
1: <laughs> Man, I uh, I got a couple uh, amateur questions here. I am not sure. f- as familiar as Steve with the uh, the artwork here. So when we're when we're starting out, like let's take um, you know uh, Cena. You've got Super Cena on here on your uh, on your website. So when you're starting out, is this a blank uh, eight and a half by eleven page? sheet of computer paper for lack of a better word and you're you're going with pencil you know or pen or whatever and just like literally drawing this or is any of this done electronically now are you pretty, doing pretty you mentioned the ipad but yeah everything is like, digital how's now? All this work?
0: everything's digital now but what I when, I when i started out doing it and i was still doing some of it traditionally and basically what i would do is i would i would use the computer and i'd throw a grid over the um over the layout of the original piece, like I grab a JPEG off the internet, mm-hmm. throw a grid over it so that I could take the accurate, accurate most accurate measurements that I could possibly could uh-huh. and, then you, and then rough the layout in there. And as things kind of evolved, it's just kind of like I just start eyeballing it, uh, you know, laying, laying things out digitally. And if I really want to be locked into it, I might lay it over as like a, a semi-transparent layer with the image and then just kind of do some like really loose, rough measurements. Uh, like kind of trace over it with some really loose measurements and then get rid of that and then just start drawing the forms. And, you know, because it, it, I, I don't want John Cena to look like um, Superman in that mm-hmm. one. You know, I want him to look, I want him to be John Cena. I just, right. want him, I just want to get that pose right. So I'll make mm-hmm. a little, some references for the pose, get rid of that layer and then just start blocking in the forms and and putting it in there. And uh, I know enough about technique to kind of replicate some of the things like the, uh, like that, that background behind him in the starburst mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, it's, nothing's going to be a carbon copy. It shouldn't be a carbon copy. It's a homage. Right. But you want, it, you want it a good balance in there so somebody who's going to get the nostalgia from both of them, it's going to click with them. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that some of my copycats get wrong is they'll like throw completely inappropriate scenarios into some other some other book. Like there's a lot of famous covers because there's lots of laser blasts. I just avoid those because I don't have a way of addressing those in the layout properly, uh, some you know like there's this one uh, this one show I won't mention who they are but they 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 got me for a while and then they got one of my copycats to do it and they've got Bret Hart in the Spider-Man 300 cover where he's like all hunched down and it's like loose ring ropes or or streamers or something and it just doesn't even fit Bret Hart at all. I'm sure they had a reason for it because they 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 commissioned stuff to be themed with their episodes. But it, it didn't match the character that Bret Hart created. And so that's like what I tried to do with the one I did with the Hitman piece. It's mm-hmm. just very much in line with the character that he created. And with Cena, Superman, Super Cena, they, they, they were already calling him that because they wouldn't let the guy lose.
1: Right. Oh, you know, yeah. They,
0: they wouldn't put that in his storyline for him to have any sort of, you know, he was just like overcoming everything. So it was just a natural thing to do him as a Superman type, uh, type character.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I got to say, I really appreciate scrolling through the, the wrestling ones in particular. Uh, Steve and I I think may have talked about this on a a previous episode, but we're, uh, we're, we're both 31 years old. So that's kind of my, when I think about, um, wrestling, I'm thinking that, uh, I don't know, late nineties probably Uh, is that uh, attitude era era for sure. Yeah. You know, and so when I'm scrolling through here and seeing some of these, like, I can—I mean, Jericho, I used to just absolutely despise that guy for whatever reason. <laughs> let, let me and tell I you just, this. I let love you this. this, you know. <laughs> you, and you guys are free to, feel free to
0: argue with me, but I think yeah. Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time.
2: Oh, there we go, Steve. I would agree. I actually would agree with you on that. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Here, here's here's my reasoning. It's not not for anything specifically, but the fact that the man can reinvent himself over and over and over again. and That's fair. And, and come off perfectly. Like, there hasn't been a downside to his character since Lionheart. You know, I, uh, his, 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 like, uh, stuff in Mexico, yeah, you know, he was still learning. He's still a fresh kid. But ever yeah. since Lionheart, he's reinvented himself each and every time. He's an excellent heel. He's perfect on the mic. Yeah. You know, and it's one of the things, like, every time I'll encounter somebody who, and it's less now because wrestling is chic. Like, it's hip. It's cool to be a wrestling fan right now. Yeah. It didn't used to be the case. Yeah wrestlers have to do every job in the entertainment industry and they have to do it well. They gotta be a stunt man, they gotta be an actor, they've gotta be you know, a professional athlete, they've gotta be, they have to have stagecraft. You know, so if somebody sucks at, at it, it's, it's uh, glaringly obvious, mm-hmm. you know? And for somebody to be able to be, and he's such a great mat technician, trained in the, stand, in the uh, under Stampede, under Stu Hart in the dungeon. You know, that's why I say, you know, he really does earn the GOAT title.
1: I like it. And uh, if for for folks that are just uh, checking this episode out, if you're a wrestling fan, we had a, uh, and you, Eric, you probably would appreciate this episode too. We had a Tyler Copeland on. He's a, okay. uh, he was a professional, uh, professional wrestler on the Midwest circuit. Um, and he went into full detail on uh, heel, um, Uh, the characters the storyline how to put together a full show Um, it was a really cool episode Uh, I I think you would probably appreciate it too but it was uh, it's one of those ones I felt like this was a perfect opportunity to plug a a different conversation because it was it was eye-opening for me because I had been a fan but only from the from the TV looking in and never really thought too much behind the scenes stuff so excellent episode there as well.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great one. That's definitely, the uh, I'll, I'll definitely want to check out you guys' show. And yeah. uh, I'll definitely check that one out first because that's right up my alley.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Roddy Piper uh, comic you're doing and then go sure. a little bit into the uh, Dreaded Dinosaur Man um, as we kind of wind things down here, Eric?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a Facebook page, uh, Roddy Piper, Kilted Avenger. If you just looked it up on Facebook, you can like the Facebook page there. We'll post some announcements there. We did an Indiegogo just to kind of uh, give ourselves a little bit of a, pa- a little bit of a salary to get the book done, uh, but that's been long closed out. So right now where we're at in the book is uh, all the artwork is done. We're pretty much waiting for Hexaw Jim Duggan to sign off on his appearance in the book. Uh, he's a special guest star cameo. And after that's done, we're going to the printer, and it'll be available on Pro Wrestling Tees' website. They're the main distributor. They handled the licensing for us. Great company, uh, great people to do business with. Uh, so yeah, that's where you'll be able to get the book once it's available for the broad public is um, off of uh, Pro Wrestling Tees website. Uh, the story, again, just to kind of reiterate, it's Roddy Piper, the Kilted Avenger. It's basically him as a Batman type character. He's a, a vigilante uh, fighting crime. There's this crime wave uh, from this organization called The Stable. And if you know wrestling terminology, a stable is like the Four Horsemen is a stable. Uh, Inner Circle is a stable, the NWO is a stable. It's just a bunch of wrestlers that get together and they kind of have a good corresponding storyline. So, and then heel, that's the bad guy. Uh, Face would be the opposite. But you know, Piper, he's an original heel. You know, he's the archetype for being a heel and being the most popular uh, wrestler in in the ring at some times because he just played it off so well so we put uh, like he starts out like his day job he's a talk show host and uh so it's very much like uh morton downey jr type situation or what's his name from uh from ohio gosh what was he used to be a like mayor of cleveland gosh he, uh, another too much uh too much booze i can't think <laughs> but yeah his show was famous for like the, who's 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 the father let's throw chairs at each other you know that type of thing uh, so that's like like Roddy Piper during the day, he hosts this his talk show, and then at night he's a crime-fighting superhero. And there's a plot to uh, turn people into obedient heels; these monsters. And um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with that. And there's some great guest stars in the book. A lot of we had a lot of wrestlers um, from uh, Starcast, the first Starcast convention, who helped us pitch the book on our Indiegogo, and they told short stories about how they interacted with Roddy Piper. Some really good. So if you go to the Indiegogo, you search for Ruddy Piper, you can rewatch that video. There's some really good snippets in there from a lot of different people from a lot of different timelines in wrestling, telling Piper stories. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for it to can't wait for it to come out. And uh, doing that book, it's been a long two years of my life. Um, 52 page graphic novel, pretty much doing all the jobs. It's uh, it was a bit more than I could chew. I actually had. Uh, two bounce with pneumonia during during it that took me kind of oh, off man. the shelf. And wow. with me, I've got like interstitial lung disease. So anytime I get a cold or a flu, I'm at high risk for getting pneumonia. So especially with this COVID crap, it's like uh, crap. You know, I'm one of the people who should not be out and about because I'm more susceptible uh-huh. than others because of the uh, pre-existing condition. But uh, that took me away from doing the Dreaded Dinosaur Man, which I launched on Webtoon before I got the opportunity to do the Roddy Piper book. So it's like, you know what, this is my baby. Gotta put it to the side and do this professionally because this is gonna pay me dividends long. You know, I'll, I, get a, I get a license thing for uh, a royalty for each copy sold off of prowrestlingtease.com. Um, and uh, so that you know that's one of those opportunities you just don't say no to. So right. I had to put Dinosaur Man on hold, but now thankfully that Piper's done, Dinosaur Man's back in the spotlight. Uh, it's a free online web comic on Webtoon. Uh, you, it's really great for uh, on your iPad or your phone, to because uh, it scrolls vertically like a uh, you're mm-hmm. reading it vertically like you'd read a Facebook news page newsfeed, mm. and then based off of that I'm doing a uh, printed stories that are going to be launching on Indiegogo Kickstarter and that and the like, uh, of actual physical comic books that expand the story apart from the webtoon, and it is basically kind of like a love song to the 80s. I'm you know I'm 42. I grew up with uh, He-Man, Thundercats, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundar the Barbarian, all of that stuff. So this is kind of like a homage to that. It's, it's the stories that I wanted to tell as a kid. And basically the central character Dinosaur Man, he doesn't know who he is. He's this um, character that crash land on this planet. He has no memory of how he became this. He's basically a barbarian with a dinosaur's head. He's called a monster. He has bouts where he um, turns into an actual monster because he's basically got this dual personality of the of the beast and the human fighting each other. And so it's his hero's journey trying to figure out and find out who he is, uh, control this monster, be a hero even though um, his past is a little sketchy. He's got this uh, nefarious history because of his monster personality. And so he's trying to overcome that and just we kind of learn about the world that he lives in, this. Fantasy space world uh, that he lives in through his through his eyes and his interactions, and uh, so you know it's a, it's a it's a coming of age hero's journey type story. And uh, I think if you grew up in the '80s or you're even halfway familiar with that type of stuff, you're going to love this. One of another creator told me he like he, I showed it to him. He's like, "Oh, dude, I'm like a huge fan now," and he's like all like fanboying on me. And I I, I love the guy to death. He's a great he's a good becoming a good friend. He said it best. It reminds him of being on the floor playing with his toys. Like, you know what? When we were kids, we didn't stick to one thing. You know, you'd have like a G.I. Joe fighting Skeletor if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you just kind of mix them all into the pot and and play out these adventures. So he said that's what it felt like to him. And I just love that description.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy. Um, The the more you you think talk about that and i was looking at the what you have on your website of the dreaded dinosaur man and i got a big feel obviously of the thundercats and i used to watch thundercats when i was a kid and you know the way the way that i would describe it you know at least for me was so i was big into the saturday morning saturday morning cartoons i mean i half my I feel like majority of my the first years of my life were spent doing that kind of stuff and I was a military kid so we moved around a lot so oh. I had to find ways to entertain myself and and you know this stuff was the way to do it. Um you know so every everything that I'm looking at on these pages that you've created and and drawn is it's you know it feels like yeah you you know as a little boy you've got these you know, these GI Joe toys fighting things that are part of the GI Joe universe. And you're sitting there watching your Saturday morning cartoons on the hardwood floor, yep. uh, not even realizing that, that your body's aching because you're sitting on the hardwood floor. Um, <laughs> it's because you're just totally immersed in this, in this world. And I just think that's cool. Is there, Do you kind of have an idea of when you'd be able to fully release this stuff?
0: Uh, yeah. I the webtoon. I, The way that I'm doing this is the webtoon is a jumping on point. It has its own story arc that's not gonna be reprinted anywhere else, but I need to get my readers to a certain point on the webtoon so that the books that I have planned are gonna make sense. Essentially, basically what happens is like right now on the webtoon, we're getting the main characters, there's the main threesome there, the girl, the cat person and dinosaur man. They kind of, they become a cohesive team, figure out who each other is, and then they're kind of like on this journey exploring the planet. And there's a very libertarian focus onto it because I, I he, from his background of where he came from, he, I'm not, I don't think I'm giving too much away, but basically when he was a monster, unable to control himself, he was a circus freak. He was a slave. He was part of this like traveling Roman style barbarian circus thing. And that's kind of where he's coming from. And we'll learn more about that in a future story when we really clarify his background, but that's what kind of haunts him. And um, so he's trying to right as many wrongs as he finds. And he keeps coming across you know, people oppressing other cultures and stuff throughout this planet. And so that's kind of like his uh, his adventures is, is, and this is how uh, one of the vehicles where he's learning about himself is trying to free these other people groups and explore this planet at the same time. There's a larger overarching story that will piecemeal together during this time period. And, you know, I've got a definite, I've got a definite idea for an ending to it. Um, I think that's one of the weaknesses in American comics that you don't have in, in Japanese anime and manga is they actually create stories, make you care about the characters, and they have definite ends the marvel and dc they just keep milk toasting it and reinventing it rebooting it over and over and over again for me personally as a comic fan i never wanted that i never wanted six different number ones to come out for spider-man you know i wanted this singular story to tell a story and i love it i love it in anime when they have an actual end to a story it gives you closure so that's one thing that i definitely want to do for for this and uh so yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. The webtoon is always going to be a free jumping on place. People can get updated with the character. And then if they want to know everything else, they can collect the comics. I have a script for a video game that works in more lore. Uh, it's one of the many hats that I try to wear as I'm trying to teach myself Python language so I can do like a beat-em-up video game uh, and tell another story that way. And uh, I got a 3D liquid resin printer I'm trying to use my my college skills of doing 3d design. I want to make my own toys for it. Uh, So, and and these are all the things that I put on the back burner while I was doing the Piper comic and some other, you know, like the wrestling stuff that pays the bills that I love, but it's not my own thing. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you want your thing to take off. You want your company to take off and that's what dinosaur man is. That's my brand. And hopefully um, people will love it, you know, and it'll, it'll be something that, uh, I can use to lift others up because I would love to get to the point where I can hire competent writers and other artists to tell these stories.
1: That's awesome. Well said. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish I had something else to add, man. That was, uh, that was well said. I, I'm, uh, I'll be the first to admit I'm not, uh, not generally the biggest, uh, Biggest comic fan, but this is well done scrolling Thank through you. this thing. It looks awesome. It, you can tell that you are incredibly skilled and gifted at this. Um, it is, it is definitely professional level. So I appreciate not that
0: very much. Thank you.
1: Do something you don't already know. I know, but yeah.
0: I'm the last person to give myself a compliment. You know, all yeah. I see is the errors and the mistakes. So I, 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 I any genuine, you know, you don't know me from Adam, so I know no. you're, being, you're being genuine yeah. when you say that. Uh, I'm not paying you on the side. You know, so, you know <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I, and I and I treasure I treasure compliments like that. It's, yeah. it's not something that I'm gonna I'm not arrogant about it. You know, I was like, I mean, look look where I'm at. I'm a broken, literally a broken man. Um, my next breath is only guaranteed by God. If it happens, it happens, and I'm just gonna keep trugging through. I can live through this pain. I've lived through this pain up until this point hopefully it will be an inspiration to others uh and hopefully people will love the stories that i want to tell
1: yeah well, from i know steve would agree with this but thank you so much for coming on the podcast this has been uh been excellent i've gotten a ton out of it personally and i know uh no others will
2: enjoy this one so i
0: appreciate you you guys yeah thank you
2: We, uh, we highly recommend that everybody go, goes and checks out your, your website. Uh, it's erichodson.com. Uh, it's spelled E R I K H O D S O N.com. And it'll just, you know, give you, give you a chance to really see what we are talking to you about today. Um, also gives the opportunity to buy uh, a bunch of these prints and, 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 because we really only scratched the surface, to be honest with you, and you know, there's so many other things that you create um, that that is just as good as what we talked about, which was mainly kind of the wrestling stuff. Um, so, everybody, please please check that out uh, and, and find something that, that you might like uh, and and buy it. Um, so, kind of that, kind of at the end of the episode, uh, what we like to do is we do kind of some, we like to do a shout out um, where we're, you know, showing love to, you know, a, a business, a person, anything that's kind of impacted you in the prior week uh, that you want to make sure it gets recognized. Uh, anytime we have guests on, Eric, we always give them the opportunity to do, um, do the shout out. So if you've got someone or something that you want to do a shout out, now's your chance.
0: I would say, I would love for everyone to go to scleroderma.org and learn about this disease. Cause it's still, it's like the number three killer among autoimmune diseases. It's still the lowest funding among autoimmune diseases in terms of research and stuff. Uh, so just go there, get an education about it. And uh, please just, uh, you know, you might have somebody in your life who's going through some sort of mysterious illness and maybe the knowledge there will help them get to a diagnosis quicker. And, uh, and just the more people who know about it then the, the less mysterious it becomes. and you know, hopefully we can get uh, get better, better, solid treatments for people who are new to this disease. Because I mean, it happens, in, it's, it's mainly a woman's disease. It occurs more often in women, but there's a children's version of this of it as well, and that's even more heartbreaking. You know, seeing someone who's like 16 having to deal with this kind of crap, uh, and just you know, just give that a, give that a few minutes of your time. scleroderma.org. Uh, every state has a local chapter, and uh, if you want to donate money. They're very underfunded, so uh, you'd be helping out a lot of tremendously great people, a lot of them who can't, who've never been able to leave their house. Some people have lungs that are like glass. You know, I'm fortunate to have enough high functionality to where I can eke out a living. A lot of people aren't in those situations. So just uh, give yourself a few minutes, go to sclerodiver.org and learn about this illness so maybe you can help somebody out.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Yeah, Good stuff there. Uh, Yeah. We highly encourage everybody to, to to check that out, Uh, educate yourself, learn more about this disease. I didn't know anything about this disease until, you know, we we decided to have you on. Um, So it was, you know, great to be able to learn, learn more about it. Um, You know, so everybody, please, please check that out. And like I said, please check out Eric's website, erikhodson.com. Find yourself some new wall art to buy. Uh, We're all, we're all working from home these days still. So, uh, spruce up that that living room that uh, you've been hanging out in this entire time. Uh, Trav, you got any final words for us?
1: No, thanks again, Eric. Much appreciated. This is awesome. I uh, love hearing about your story, and uh, it's been uh, been pretty inspiring for me, so I know others will, uh, will enjoy it as well, so thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Hopefully, uh, we'll get Comic Cons back, and I can invite you out to a St. Louis show
1: there we go hey, love awesome. it. So,
2: <laughs> hey eric thanks again one more time this has been great listening to your story um and i love any chance i get to nerd out um so one final time from the happy hour hangout crew <laughs> everybody signing off cheers